0: Do we have translation of this or just speak in English? <laughs> Gaur Bhaktavrinda, there are so many devotees of Chaitanya Mahaku, ananta koti Vaishnava Vrindiki Jai Kamesan. All glories to the unlimited Vaishnavas in the Beginning stages of bhakti. We may tend to think in terms of me and God. But more advanced conception is to understand that Krishna is not alone. Krishna is surrounded by his devotees. Krishna, he is Atnaram. He is satisfied in himself. This is an apparent dichotomy, that he's satisfied in himself, but at the same time he likes to be with his devotees. He's full of pleasure, but how is that pleasure expressed? It's the ple- pleasure, what is real pleasure? Pleasure is not simply eating ice cream and watching TV. Pleasure means to share things with others. Even on the material platform we can experience that. So, ultimately that comes from the spiritual platform, Raso Vaisa. Asamya Bhavati. Bhavati. That by experiencing rasa, rasa means juice, juicy feeling, sweet juice, then we attain happiness. So, Krishna is also exchanging rasa with his, or sweet exchanges with his devotees. So if we only think of me and Krishna, that's a very beginning idea, and actually we can't come close to Krishna unless we approach through his devotees. Krishna is not alone, because we tend to think, I am most important. I am the, this is the materialistic conception. So then when we start to think about God, when we think that well, he must be most interested in me, because I'm the most important person. But real Vaishnavism means to consider oneself very low. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught pisuni Torori Amanina Kirtaniya Sadhani. We can hardly imagine what it means to think oneself lower than the store in the street, to be more tolerant than a tree, to always give respect to others and never expect respect in return and always chant the names of the Lord. We can hardly imagine. Because in material consciousness we are just the opposite. We always want to see I am very big, I am very great. We can't tolerate any disturbance. Most of us spend most of our lives just trying to counteract material disturbances. Just like it's hot, you turn on the fan. It's cold, then you put on the geyser, get some hot water. So that's alright, but to get the fan and the apartment and the geyser, you have to spend money, you have to work. So our whole life, most of the time, we're just trying to arrange our lives to counteract different disturbances. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches that it's good to tolerate also. Because by nature life is full of disturbances. However nicely you arrange your life, definitely there's going to be lots of disturbances. However you arrange, even if you have so many material comforts, still the mind will be disturbed. And there are various disturbances such as janma, mrittu, jarav, You may be living very comfortably, but then uh, something comes to disturb us called death. So it's very disturbing, it disturbs your whole situation. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches just tolerate. Give respect to others and don't expect respect in return. This, this is actually a very high teaching. People, uh, they say that uh, what this sadhu will do, he has some shakti, yogic shakti, or he can make some ashes. But this actually some magic tricks. That is nothing very special. But if one has developed high qualities, That is very special. Therefore we find in Shastra who is praised. There are so many... Nowadays you see in modern history they praise who is who is a great ruler. They praise Shivaji was a great fighter and Alexander the Great came to India. In Western history they praise people who are very powerful. Have some political power. Because that's a demoniac kind of argument. Yashwanaamaamahogi siddhaamalaabansupi. Who has attained a lot of power? They praise them, or they think they are very great people. But we see that in the shastra, there are many maharajas who are praised, but not on account of, not so much on account of their political power, but because of their godly qualities. Just like we're talking about tolerance, we find in the Bhagavatam the story of Ranti Dev, great king, but he's not praised because he was a great king because of his military power, but because of his tolerance. He was fasting without taking food or water, then just after, after fasting, different people came and one poor man came and said, give me, I'm Give me something to eat, he gave him half the food, and someone else came, he gave him half, and then there was only one glass of water left, and then someone else came and said, give me that, and that's all he had left. He'd been fasting for for one year. And he gave that away also. Or Shivi Maharaj, the pigeon came to him for shelter, with one hawk chasing after him. The pigeon asked for shelter. He said, okay, I'll give you a The hawk said, well, that's my food. So what will you do? Then you take from my body the same weight as the pigeon. So he cut something from his body, but it still wasn't the right amount. So he cut more and more and more and eventually he put himself on the whole scale. Okay, take me off. Of course, this, who is coming to take from Dev and Shibi Maharaj, they are the devas come to test. What is, the, what is the quality? What is the actual quality of this person? There's a saying in America, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Now I'm talking. At least we're talking about these things. Most people are talking about, what are they talking about? They're not talking anything, they're just watching other people on TV talking. They become vegetables. That's another American saying. Couch potatoes. That means people, they just sit on the couch and they watch TV. (laughs) And then uh, the next life they take birth as a potato. (laughs) Because they just sit No brain, just... Whatever's on TV just goes in here and in here. And doesn't really reach here because there's nothing there. <laughs> so talk. What are people talk? What do people talk about? They have so many subjects to talk about. That is, santi uh, santisahastrasa. They have so many. People have so many topics to discuss. People, they're, they're talking about so many different things. now something, but they don't see that the real topic to discuss is Atma the science of the soul. So people are discussing so many things, but what is the actual topic? We should be discussing self-realization. So at least we are talking, so that's the beginning stage, so we can talk the talk but can we walk the walk, so that means can we actually do it in our own lives, what's practical, can we practically do that? We are talking about Rantideva, Shibhi Maharaj, There's so many Pandavas that were so tolerant, So many great devotees, we we started talking about how Krishna has so many devotees. So at least we should begin to talk, because by talking about these great personalities, we develop a desire to attain the same kind of godly qualities. Nowadays in India there is so much propaganda how to become a great demon, direct propaganda. I saw on the train that someone had one magazine, Outlook magazine. So the cover story is adultery. And they're saying, I didn't look inside. I saved myself from that. But, uh, the subject matter is adultery. You should go. Why, within marriage? You go, there's so many people. You go, you enjoy here, there. They're encouraging it, actually. That means they're putting the idea in the mind. Someone they may not have been thinking about that. but They say, oh, you see, it's very fashionable now. Oh, I should also do it. It's become normal. So they're encouraging people to become sinful. So like this, all over the world, there's tremendous propaganda how to become a demon. So it's not surprising that people are living like demons. When we say demon, we think of demons also. Now we're talking about from Shastra, describes Pandavas, Shibi Maharaj, and so many great devotees. But Shastra describes also Hirandika, Shifu, Ravana, great demons. Not to encourage you to become a demon. I was just thinking today, someone might sympathize with Hirandika, Shifu. See, His son was studying and then someone was diverting his attention to Vishnu Bhakti and he became very upset. So this we're finding, this is normal. Nowadays we're preaching to young students. They become interested in Vishnu Bhakti and the parents become upset. Why are you doing this Vishnu Bhakti? You should just study. You forget this Vishnu Bhakti. You study and you learn how to become a great materialist. It's exactly the same position as Hiranyakashipu. They wanted to stop. He wanted to stop. From his point of view, you see, he was acting like a good father. I want my son to be a good, successful materialist. This Vishnu Bhakti will spoil his life. So nowadays, people are like that. Actually, If someone's son wants to take up Krishna Bhakti, they should be very pleased Oh, very fortunate. If my son takes up Krishna Bhakti, then all our family will at least get moksha. But they think, oh, you know, I brought him up, I spent so much money, I was thinking he was going to become a doctor and then I would get so much money. And now it's all spoiled. Only thinking in a completely materialistic way. And they say, well, we have to go on with life, where will money? People have enough money. It's not that they're starving, but they're thinking, oh, what happened? I wanted, through through my son, they see, in their son, they see one walking bag of money. Now I'm training him up, and in future he'll become a doctor, engineer, and bring so much money. I'm seeing this so many times. There is one young man who became a brahmachari in our ashram, one of our ashrams here in India. And his mother, she said, all the family came. Actually, they first of all told, you go, you go. Then later they came, no, no, come back. Your mother is dying and the only cure, she has to see you every day. Without seeing you, she cannot live. So then he went back home in Madras, Chennai. And she saw him, and then she was very happy. Then he got they found him a job in Bangalore. go go to Bangalore, do the job and amazingly, the mother she could live without seeing him. She saw the money he sent every month, and that was good enough. So we're seeing many times in the name of family affection actually. Uh, People are concerned with their material position, that's all. If one is actually got family affection, then he must encourage his family members to become devotees of Krishna. Guru na sasyat, svajana na sasyat, pita na sasyat, jananina sasyat, daivam na tatsyam na patish chasyam na samapeta Very stern warning is that in Shrimad Bhagavatam. Don't become a father. Don't be so bold as to have children. Don't become a mother. What's the next line? What's the next line? Guru nasasya is the first one. One should, don't become a guru. Don't make any relationship with anyone. Don't accept Respect or anyone from any from anyone, unless you can guide them on the path by which they can get free from birth and death. According to ordinary social convention, the children are supposed to respect the parents, and nowadays that's becoming less and less. And why should they respect the parents? Because the parents their their character there's nothing to respect. Nowadays, parents are complaining. Oh my children don't respect me, but you don't act in a respectable manner. Then how can you expect the children to respect you? And you're only acting in such a way that pushing the child, work, 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 study, 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 and no consideration. How they're also human beings. So plus the whole society, they see on the TV so many things, children just American TV, where if the parents can escape not getting beaten up by the children, they're lucky. So, people are seeing this. So, their whole culture has become a demoniac culture. But traditionally, in the West also, the children used to respect the parents. Nowadays they don't respect. But Bhagavatam says, anyway, Don't take that position. Don't accept respect from others simply on a formal basis. You have to do, if you're going to become a parent or a guru or whatever, you have to be able to actually help your child or disciple. So you may say, I'm helping. I'm arranging for food, clothing, shelter, education. I'm doing everything for my child. But Bhagavatam says, No, that is not enough. Even the birds, they look out to their children also. They make a very nice house. They build it themselves. They personally go and collect the food. They look out to their children very nicely. They send them to flying school. They take them out for flying lessons. So the birds, they're also looking after to their children. So what is the special duty of human life That is to train children, disciples, citizens, if one is the leader of the state, how to get free from birth and death. Otherwise you may be a very good parent, but if you only train your child to be a materialist, then you spoil the human life, and then uh, in the next life they'll become a bird or a cat or a dog or a tree, whatever. Generally what happens in the modern age, people are very sinful. So as a result of sinful life, first of all, you have to suffer hellish punishment. That is described in Bhagavata. Then you take birth in the lower species, among the plants and animals. And then you, when you eventually attain a human birth, that also in a very uh, difficult situation, maybe uh, with some physical or mental disease or with very bad Karma, just like... Nowadays, you see all over the world, people are being born in situations which are horrible from the very beginning. They're born in the middle of a war. They're just sitting at home and all of a sudden there's an earthquake. Like this. So, so many difficult situations. People are suffering. Why are people suffering so much all over the world? Because they're causing suffering to others. The karmic cycle is coming. And then people ask, well, you see in America, they're not suffering so much. They're doing sinful activities. They're not suffering. They have so much money. They're suffering more than anyone. How is that? Because suffering and happiness and distress, that is experienced within the mind. And we find that in the western countries, people are suffering more than others. There's so much anxiety. No one is their friend, because, you see, the parents, they don't care for the children. The children don't care for the parents. Children are just a mistake. They forgot to take the pill one night, and so on. And then it was too late for an abortion, and then we thought, oh, well, anyway. Might as well have a child. Too bad. Anyway, what's the harm? So, they don't care. Children are just a nuisance, you see. You want to go to parties. You want to go to... The mother wants to go to... Pursue her career in the office. Get it. She wants to become the CEO of a corporation. Child is just a new... Okay. Leave them at home. The TV is there. The... Uh, what's that? The microwave is there. The freezer is there. So what do they need me for? Everything is there. So the parents don't care for the children. The children... And parents, they feel a little bit guilty, so they get here, take some money. And here, we'll buy you this. But What do you want? Buy you this, buy you that, buy you... They have money. What will they do? They'll go around the corner and buy some cocaine or something. Like this. Life is going on. So you may think, well, that's American. That's not going to happen in India. Definitely, it's already going to... It's already happening in India. Everything, you're imparting the Western civilization... And all these same problems are going to come, already coming. All these things, adultery, divorce, and children, they don't care for their parents, parents don't care for their children, all these so many things, it's already there. What is the antidote to this miserable situation, that people should start to be truly responsible To understand their real duty, that my duty is to be Krishna conscious and to, at least, children, disciples, we should teach them to be Krishna conscious. Nowadays there are so many gurus also. They take the position of guru but they don't teach to surrender to Krishna. These people are in for very bad karma. There's one rascal, he's very uh, popular nowadays. He says, my aim of life is to put a smile on everyone's face. What a stupid thing to say. He's supposed to be a guru. He should teach. Dukhalaya Mashaaswata. This material world is full of misery. And he's saying, I want to put a smile on everyone's face. It's the duty of a guru to teach that this material world is full of miseries. And he said, I want to put a smile on my face. And he's become very popular. And he doesn't teach anything. He mixes up a few words from Shastra. But nothing. What is the purpose of life that we have to are suffering this material world, well, we have to get out from here. No such thing. And nowadays, because of this kind of cheating so-called guru, people think that, oh, a sadhu means someone who teaches stress management, personality development, all these things. That's not the duty of a sadhu. The duty of a sadhu is to teach what is the ultimate goal of life. What is the actual meaning of life? But they've invented some art of living while forgetting Krishna. And that people are already doing. They're not thinking of Krishna. So such people, they like the prestige of being a guru. But they'll have to suffer the prestige of being a worm in stool for millions of lifetimes. For their sinful activity of misleading people taking the position of a spiritual guide and not teaching them the actual fact, which is that we are eternal servants of Krishna. But people are foolish. They like, oh, very nice guru. He teaches us how we can be happy in this material world. And different ones. There's another guru He teaches water treatment and different kinds of things, how to improve your health. and They manufacture Ayurvedic medicines. Oh, that's okay, I mean... There's no harm in that, but that's not the pub. that is not the function of a guru. He may incidentally teach you this or that. But his function is to teach you ke ami kine amai jale ta patroi. Sanatana Goswami asks Chaitanya Mahavadana, Who am I? Why am I suffering in this material world? It's the duty of a guru to teach who are we and why we're suffering in this material world, how we can get free from that suffering. And parents is the duty. Parents, they are the first gurus. The first guru is the mother according to Shastras. So their duty is to teach all these things. But now they've all become Hiranyakashipus. That my children, they should just learn how to become successful materialists. And this Krishna Bhakti is just a disturbance. What value will you get from that? So in this way, They have become in the themselves may think I'm doing great benefit to my children. Just like Hiranyakashipu, he thought I had to save my son, Prahlad. I had to save him from this Vishnu Bhakti. So he thought I am doing very nicely, but actually he's a demon. He became so angry with Prahlad that he wanted to kill him. But Prahlad was such a great devotee that even though his father was such a great demon, Prahlad saved him by his own bhakti. So, let us follow in the footsteps of Prahlad Maharaj, not in the footsteps of Hiranyakashipu. There's a very great difference. Modern society is Ravana society. Ravana, Hiranyakashipu, counts You'll find in Krishna Leela there was also one king, Jarasandha. He was very pious, he used to perform yagya. In one sense he was pious, but on the other hand he was completely against Krishna. So we see that also there are people who are pious Hindus, religious Hindus, but if someone Preaches that you should surrender to Krishna. No, no, no. They protest. Who is that telling me that uh, on TV they're preaching about Bhagavad Gita? Who's that here? And then someone is protesting. No, no. Krishna is not teaching Bhagavad Gita. Shiva is teaching. No. 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 Brahma Kumari is nonsense. There's such nonsense. Very, very, very severely mentally damaged, these people. <laughs> <laughs> Shiva Baba, Shiva. Shiva Baba. Shiva Baba you know better than me. Such nonsense. But they think, yes, this is right. So, so far away from anything actually religious. But they think, yes, we're doing the right thing. So, practically speaking, if we're going to preach Krishna Bhakti in the modern age, we have to do so quite forcefully, because people are running very strongly in the wrong direction. They're very intensely serious that I must go to hell and bring all my family members with me. (laughs) Don't try to interfere. (laughs) So if we're to pre- that's why you see in Prabhupada's books, you'll always find terms like fools, rascals, nonsense, animals, demons. You may think, why is it so strong? Because it's a fact. If we don't speak the truth strongly, then people won't listen. This is also the language of Bhagavad Gita. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna doesn't just hold a flower and smile. He tells Arjuna, Naman avadyam rādhamāha māyā paritajñāna āsuraṁ rādhamā He tells that people who don't surrender to me, that according to worldly estimation, they may be very good people, very nice people, very moral people, very pious people, very good-natured people, whatever it may be, but according to Krishna, they are all doshkriti, all rascals. It means people are performing sinful activities. They are fools, murha. Krishna uses the word murha, among the murha. But lowest among mankind, narakam. Maya Paritagyana means they may be highly educated, PhD, MSc. Nobel Prize laureate and all this kind of thing. But if they're not surrendered to Krishna, Krishna says they're just another category of rasta. Narada, Maya, Prithagana, Asa, or out and out demon. That's all. So these are different categories. So how to preach in the modern age? People are misled. People can take to Krishna Bhakti. But they're misled by this demoniac propaganda of persons whose only aim is to exploit you. You see all these different companies. How many crores of rupees are they spending for advertising these cell phones? Wherever you go, there's so many, every company, there is Hatch and Airtel and Cell Force and so many different companies. There's uh, Ambani's Reliance. They must be spending, all over India, I travel all over India, you see everywhere. I only see the billboards, I'm sure it must be on the TV also. I mean, I can't help seeing the billboards, but I'm not so stupid that I watch the TV. So, it must, they must be spending thousands of crores of rupees just on advertisements. What is their aim? They want, they're want. they telling you, you get a better deal, this, that. Their aim is they want your money, that's all. All these advertisements, they'll say, you get this benefit, you get that benefit, but actually they don't give a damn about you, they don't care if you die right now. They just want, they want the benefit of getting the money out of your pocket, that's all. All these companies. So the whole society is running on on that principle, modern society. Just, people who are running businesses, they're just thinking how to get your, just like you see now this... Another thing, they must be spending crores of rupees to advertise this click, some new kind of way of ingesting tobacco, another way to poison yourself. So actually the government shouldn't allow this. Why, if the government is actually considering the benefit of the citizens, then why should they allow people to export from Sweden to India a kind of poison and advertise it, take this poison? But it's all it's money business. So they know. Oh, what do they care if people get throat cancer or whatever? It's another business. And then they can then we'll build a multi-core hospital, and they can spend lakhs of rupees to get an operation. It's another concern. So it's, it's good for business. You see, it's increasing the the hospital business. They don't care. They're just this whole uh, this this Iraq war. Why? 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 Everyone knows there are so many, there are so many uh, corrupt dictators all over the world. But uh, Iraq means oil. So human rights, love, peace, liberty, democracy, and uh, yeah, there's also oil in Iraq. So it's just a, it's a minor reason we might be going there. So everyone knows. They're going, it's not, they don't get, you know, if Saddam executed 500 people every day, hanging them upside down from the, by their toenails, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything. But oil, oh, then it makes it, now they want to attack Syria, I'm What reason? Well, we didn't make up one yet, but don't worry, we're getting ready for war and we'll make up a reason as we go along. But this is demoniac. Their, their only goal is to get more, exploit for money and the whole society is going on like that so we should be very careful don't be misled by modern society don't think this is progress that now adultery, oh very good we should be progressive and western everyone should after marriage, before marriage after marriage, all the time cat and dog society This is sinful. So we have to say these things. Otherwise, who is going to say this? Not this long beard waller smiling. My aim is to put a smile on everyone's face. Everyone's going to hell and smile as you go. (laughs) You should tell. Kim dharmam kem dharmam cha. We should, we should know what is dharma and what is adharma. There is proper living and there is sinful living. We should tell. Eating meat, drinking wine, illicit sex. This is sinful. As a result of this, the consciousness becomes polluted. You don't get Krishna. You fall into the lowest modes of material nature. The whole society becomes totally disturbed. This is the duty of gurus to preach this. But people don't want. If you speak this, uh, they don't like it. But if you if you simply, uh, yes, yes, put a smile on your face and stress management, and, oh, very good. Water treatment and so many things. So we have to speak strongly. I was speaking at the beginning of this lecture. the peace of the Vaishnava should be very humble. So Vaishnava should be humble, but at the same time he has a duty to preach. Krishna conscious. So how do you put the two things together? Because preaching means you have to be somewhat aggressive. Just like if someone's running to hell, you have to pull them back. You have to try at least. So how to put the two things together? Well, there's a good example. There are many examples. Just like Hanuman, he is famous as a great Vaishnava. When he went to Lanka, he first went there before anyone else from Ram's side except Sita. He went looking for Sita there. Then he destroyed the Ashokvam and then he allowed himself to be tied up and brought before Ravana. And then they set his tail on fire and he burned Lanka. So you may think, well, that's not very humble. That's not very tolerant. Why He should have just been very humble. But he wanted to show that you are against Ram. I just want to show you that what even one follower of Ram can do. For your benefit, I'm showing you. You should consider. You should see now. You don't want to give sita. I'm only one follower of Ram. And Ram is there and he has craws of vanaras. And they're all going to come here. So what hope do you have? So for their benefit he showed that Ram is so great. Now you should consider that Ravana, even though he is very intelligent in some ways, his intelligence was covered even his brothers, Kumbhakarna was telling him, Vibhishana was repeatedly telling him, Mandodari was telling him, just give back Sita. Just don't, don't mix up with this Ram. Don't make a fight. And he was too proud. He couldn't hear. And as a result, he and his whole race of Rakshasas, they all had to be destroyed. So, a Vaishnav's humility, it's not that he's simply In his own, in his own dealings he may be very humble, but to execute the mission of the Lord, he's humble, but that humility is expressed as dynamic action in the service of Krishna. We have to do something to help people to come out of this sinful way of life. People don't know this gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, simply by chanting the names of Krishna, you can get freed from all sinful reactions and go to Krishna. But people don't know. They're not interested. So somehow we have to try to make them Krishna conscious. Somehow we have to try to give them the inspiration to take up Krishna consciousness. So nice, Krishna conscious is so nice. We've seen so many people there Distressed, frustrated, full of anxieties, they take to Krishna consciousness, become full of transcendental happiness. So we know this is for everybody in all circumstances. Everyone can and should take to Krishna consciousness. So it's the duty of devotees to take Krishna consciousness very seriously and try to bring that to others. Try to help others. People are suffering. Because they don't have Krishna Bhakti. They should take it up very seriously. Without that, life is spoiled. You have to tell people. You you don't know. You're thinking, now I'm I'm getting a new 28-inch TV and uh, I'm getting a new air conditioning unit and life is one... Foolish. They don't know. It's all temporary. It's going to be finished very soon. Even your sofa. You may be sitting in an air-conditioned apartment, but that's no comfort for the mind. The body may be cooler, but the mind is boiling. How am I going to pay for it? (laughs) Now I have to pay one thousand rupees a month and I also still have my, still paying for the washing machine and the car and the life insurance. Just lost my job. and oh, Lost my job, lost my wife. She ran off with the guy next door because she read the magazine. Modern life especially, so miserable. Life in Kali Yuga is so miserable. People are saying, no, it's nice. They don't know. People are so foolish. So try to help others to come to Krishna consciousness. You see our devotees here in Mangala, they're working so hard, you may be surprised. Why are they working so hard? They should sit in a... Sadhus, they're just supposed to sit in a a mat and sleep. That's what sadhus do. They have nothing to do. They should just do some meditation and sleep, not work very hard. No. Our devotees are more busy. They're more busy than materialists. Because they know that without Krishna consciousness, people are simply suffering. So devotees are working very hard. The people in general, they don't appreciate how they're working to try to awaken people to Krishna consciousness. So please consider this very carefully. What is my duty, I mean your duty, Everyone, what is my individual duty to my family members? My duty is to try to give them Krishna Consciousness. They may or may may not take it, but it's our duty to try to give it. What is our duty and uh, how we should ourselves take up Krishna Consciousness very seriously? So please consider this. Don't only consider it, but do it. Yes, yes, I'm thinking about it. uh, Yes, Krishna is very good. Yes, very nice. You do it. (laughs) It's a very good thing you're doing. You do it. You also do it. Hare Krishna. Any questions? From the lady's side? No? All right, so then we should chant Hare Krishna again, right? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna. Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare